Okay, today we are um, looking at session six of our study as we wind down. We've covered seven already, uh, five already, and so we're down to session seven. Where does comfort come from? Page 138 in our study guides. Uh, where does comfort come from? And so as usual, let's begin with that first question at the bottom of page 138. Where do you find comforting when you're sick? What do you find comforting when you're sick? Jesus. Jesus? That's a good place to look. Anybody else? Other than... At home and in your own bed and at home. Okay, at home. My loved ones, well, for me, it's my husband. You know, saying, "Oh, don't worry about. It. You don't need to do anything. Just the relief and the release from from doing what I normally would do to just take care of myself or rest. Mm -hmm. That's very comforting." Okay, very good. Let's look at Bible meets life, page one thirty nine. Chicken soup. A whole lot of people have a bowl of chicken soup as soon as a head cold hits. Others will try every over-the-counter medication available. Still, some are firm believers in their grandmother's home remedy. It works for them, so they become evangelists for grandma, grandma's cure-all. Some home remedies might seem unusual. For example, some people fill a sock with either onions or chicken fat and then wrap the sock around their necks. <laughs> we can't vouch for this, but the sight and the smell of that sock would certainly alert others that you have a cold. But every child knows that when you're sick, there's nothing quite like having a parent right next to you. Anyone's presence helps, but when it's a parent, someone who loves and cares for you no matter what, their presence makes all the difference. The comfort of someone's presence makes a difference when we suffer. God is certainly present with us, and we will see in 2 Corinthians that we can be God's presence and comfort to others when they suffer. Okay, thank you. Notice it says, sometimes the comfort of someone's presence makes a difference when we suffer. We've all experienced that, right? Yes. Just how someone present makes a whole lot of a difference. Yes. <clears throat> Notice what the point is. What is the point? The question is, do we do that? Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay, we're going to see later on as we move on why that is so important. But notice, many of us know from first-hand experience the comfort we experience when we are aware of God's presence. Isn't that so? Yes. One of the ways God makes his presence known is through believers, other believers. When others walk alongside us in our pain, supporting and praying for us, we sense God's comfort. In turn, God can use our painful experiences to assure others that God is present. He cares, he loves, and he comforts. And so we see now why uh, God wants us to comfort others with the comfort that he gives us. We don't receive God's comfort uh, without an objective behind it. Let's pray. Father, 
teaches the importance of comforting others when we go through this pilgrimage in our lives and we come across those who are going through difficult times and suffering and need comfort. Enlighten our hearts today through the study. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, notice the setting for our study today. As we, before we look at those verses that we have, Paul wrote 13 books of the New Testament. It's a lot of writing. 32,407 words. A lot of writing. About 23% of Greek New Testaments. 138,020 words. 80, 50 to 51, Paul founded the church in Corinth, a city on a narrow isthmus planned Isthmus that joined the northern Greece, joined northern Greece, that's Macedonia, and southern Greece, Achaia. He wrote at least three or four letters to the Corinthians, including a letter before 1 Corinthians, which has been lost, according to 1 Corinthians 5 9. And he made several visits there. Paul wrote 2 Corinthians about AD 56 and began with words of comfort because he knew the need the believers at that time needed some comfort and so when he wrote that particular book second corinthians he began it with words of comfort let's look at the passages that we have for today second corinthians uh, 1 verses 3 to 4a and 4a would be the first part of verse 4. who want to take that first one Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our affliction. Up to this point in our study, we have considered the hows and whys of pain and suffering. What we want is relief from suffering. Paul pointed, up, pointed us to the source of that relief. God, He is the God this was now not a new concept in scripture. The Bible continually begins God to be comforting and compassionate. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who bear him. Psalms 13. Probably the most well-known and beloved reference to God's comfort is in Psalms 23. Even when I go through the darkest hour, I fear no evil, for you are with me, your Lord and your staff. They comfort me. 23, 4. How exactly does God comfort us? We typically view comfort as relief from pain. We assume we have experienced God's comfort. When he moves, sorry, when he moves our pain and restores a sense of peace or well-being. The Greek word means to come alongside someone. Our English word comfort includes the Latin fortis, referred to strength. We experience comfort then, not because our pain is gone, but because God walks beside us. He strengthens and encourages us. We hope God removes the pain, but even if He does not, we can still know comfort because He walks alongside us. The only solution to our suffering and pain is the Lord Jesus. He is the one who comforts us in all affliction. There is nothing we can suffer that Jesus has not already experienced. Feel the pain of loneliness, 
Jesus was abandoned and alone on the cross. Feel physical pain, Jesus had endured scourging and stuck and torture of the cross with all of his suffering and shame. Feel the pain of rejection, unbelieving people, even members of his own family, turning their backs on Jesus. When Paul said he comforts us in all our affliction, he knew what he was talking about. Paul was not in community difficulties. He had endured hard times. He wrote later in this letter. In fact, we came into Macedonia. We had no regrets. Instead, we were troubled in every way. Conflicts on the outside, prayers within. But God who comforts the downcast and comforted us by the arrival of Titus. 2 Corinthians 7, 5-6 Paul's experience with God comforting present allowed him to worship and praise God even in the midst of his trouble. He used the phrase, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The phrase blessed, he is a common component of the worship found in the Psalms. It is a way of acknowledging the greatness and worthiness of God. Before Paul even unpacked all the ways God had come to him, he praised God for the opportunity to experience grace and peace through the Lord Jesus. We can express praise to God too. When we face afflictions, the God of all comfort meets us where we are. And as Paul will show us, the way he meets and comfort us is quite often through his church. Okay, thank you. Uh, notice some um, definitions and information about the terms of mercy and comfort. But the, the words begins with Father of mercies. And the term suggests that God is the creator of mercy. He's the one who created it. And so it's, it's interesting that we, know that we ought to take note of that. Mercy indicates actions resulting from compassion, a deep, heartfelt emotion. And sometimes we know what it is to, to experience that, but that's what, that's what God is. He is the creator of that kind of emotion. The Greek term translated comfort appears 10 times in five verses. So that must mean something, doesn't it? If it occurs, what did repetition mean? Try to emphasize it. Get it, to make sure we get it. All right, five times in 10 verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 7. Five times in those verses. And 29 times in 2 Corinthians. That's a lot. I think God is trying to tell us something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The term is made made the term is made by the combination of two Greek words. The preposition meaning alongside of and the verb meaning to call. Therefore, one who comforts is one who is called alongside. Isn't it good and comforting to have someone alongside you when you're having problems? Difficulties? You know, sometimes people say misery like company. <laughs> but you feel better when there's someone alongside you when you're going through stuff, right? <coughs> and that's why when people are going through uh, difficulties, it's good to just go and sit. You don't have to say anything. Remember Job's friends? Yeah. They were doing well. They were doing an excellent job. And they, went and they just sat there in silence. <laughs> yes. But when they opened their mouth, Lord help Job. <laughs> 
That's when the problem started. But it's always good to have someone there. Our English word comfort often means contentment. The Greek word conveys more of an idea of encouragement and help. Notice the, uh, the passages we have on page 140 and 141 uh, that we read. It says, feel the pain of loneliness. Jesus was abandoned and alone on the cross. Okay, so he know what it feels to be lonely. Feel physical pain. Jesus endured scourging and the torture of the cross with all of its suffering and shame. Can't say Jesus doesn't know what pain is like. And then on page 141 at the top, it says, feel the pain of rejection. Unbelieving people, even members of his own family, turned their backs on him. Okay, so we can identify, Jesus can identify with us when we're going through stuff, uh, pain and discomfort. What else we notice here? Uh, question number two. Question number two. What is, why is it significant that mercy and comfort are listed as attributes of God? Why is that so significant? Because that answer that that is attributes of God. That's the answer right here. God. Comfort and mercy, isn't it? Okay. That's how I see it. Anybody else want to chime in on that? All those attributes are necessary for us as sheep. We're always falling and needy. And so his mercy and comfort are operational all the time with us as children. Mm -hmm. And God, of course, God wants us to understand that he knows what we're dealing with. Right? Um, we could say, well, 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 he's God. He's almighty God. How can he identify with little old finite little me? He's infinite. But Randy, you have to take into consideration. He also put in his word, seek and you should find acts. Mm -hmm. You get acts about these things, do you? <laughs> so don't mm -hmm. be even thinking you can't Okay. All right, let's look at the... Let's look at the other passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4b to verse 7. I want to take that one. I will. So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so also... Through Christ, our comfort overflows. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that as you share in the sufferings, so you will also share in the comfort. We can and should be thankful for the comfort God gives through Christ. But the comfort he provides is not just for our benefit. He wants to extend that same comfort to others through us. Of course, 
We are not the source of comfort in the lives of others, but we are to be a conduit of God's comfort and presence in the lives of others. We are his representatives, and what he does in our lives should overflow into the lives of others. While this truth certainly can apply to all forms of affliction and suffering, here, Paul was specifically addressing the suffering related to being a follower of Christ that we know as persecution. Paul described this as the sufferings of Christ. When we align ourselves with Jesus, the world will treat us as it treats him. If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. John 15, 18. Many of us in America have never really experienced persecution. We do not know what it is like to be beaten or jailed for our faith. Few, if any of us, have suffered physical, economic, or emotional harm for our allegiance to Jesus. But when such persecution comes, and it will come, we have this great promise. When we suffer for our faith in Christ, or when the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, we can also experience the comfort of Christ. Paul could be a conduit of God's comfort in difficulties because he was the recipient of God's comfort in his own tribulations. Paul had experienced persecution firsthand, and God could use his suffering as a source of comfort for others. Paul did not shy away from his troubles. He endured the trials so that he could share Christ. Because he endured the affliction, Paul was able to share the gospel in Corinth. Paul's affliction was for your comfort and salvation. Next page. Uh, okay. Well, we have a special connection with the people of China since we've adopted three sons from that country. We were saddened when we heard about the increase in persecution that is happening to the believers in churches in China, arrests, beatings, and cruel treatment. On a recent visit to China, I, Chad, heard firsthand some of their stories. I worshiped with them and prayed over them. They were so thankful for the encouragement and comfort. God will use us as his vessels of comfort. I, Candace, have a friend whose husband died. It was a shock because although he had been sick, his doctors did not expect him to die. My friend was devastated, depressed, and overwhelmed with all the arrangements she suddenly had to make. Her Bible study group stepped in. They cooked, brought in food, and helped with whatever she needed. In other words, they brought her comfort. Then it happened. Her friends saw her relax a little. The smiles came and even some laughs at stories she told about her husband. This was a wholly different kind of comfort than what the Chinese Christians needed, but it was the comfort my friend needed. However, we may have experienced the comfort of Christ, whether in the midst of pain, persecution, or loss, we can be channels of his comfort in the lives of others. Okay, very good. Now notice how, I want you to consider and notice how we are to comfort others with the same comfort 
that we receive from God. Notice this, the same comfort. In other words, you have to experience the comfort first before you can, uh, can comfort others with it. All right, Paul, when Paul referred to those who are in any kind of affliction, he likely meant the kind of trouble Christians receive because they are Christians. Okay, in other words, suffering for their faith. Believers can apply these words to all situations, to every kind of trouble we face in life. Any kind of trouble we face in life, we can apply these words. Notice that we receive comfort from others who have experienced God's comfort in their lives. Okay, they experience it and they share the comfort with us. Paul revealed the source of passed on comfort. Notice, through the comfort we received from God. God himself has comforted us. Therefore, we must share the comfort with others. Don't be selfish with the comfort that God has given you and keep it to yourself. That's what he's saying. All right, God has comforted you for a purpose. Have you ever known God to do anything without a purpose? Nothing. The Bible tells us that he did not create anything in vain. Everything that God created was for a purpose. And the comfort that we have is not for us to keep to ourselves. He says we are to share that comfort with others. God is a source of comfort. But we are able to be a conduit of God's comfort and presence in the lives of others. Christians are called to be channels of God's comfort. Remember that hymn, Channels Only? That's what that, that hymn writer is talking about. Us being channels of God's blessings. And that blessing doesn't include giving people what they need and food and whatever else. It also means giving comfort. But we don't think about it that way, do we? We don't think that God has made us channels to give comfort. But here at Paul, Paul is telling us that, that that's exactly what God wants us to do to share our comfort. The term translated overflow points to the picture of water being poured into a glass even after it overflows. Another word picture would be a balanced sheet with suffering on one side and comfort on the other side. The comfort side always has a surplus. Always. Not only do Christ's sufferings overflow into the lives of Christians, so also through Christ, our comfort overflows. And we are to make sure that it overflows and benefits those who need it. Those who need it more. That means that we need to be on the lookout for those who need comfort, right? And provide the comfort as it is needed. Question number three. When we, when, when have you experienced an overflow of God's comfort in your life. Can anyone remember a time that they experienced an overflow of God's comfort? Yes. Okay, here we go, let's go. During my time of what we're going through, mm -hmm. after going through so many pain and uh, sleepless hours, sometimes uh, it will appear as if someone had rest their hand upon me. And like a, a mother comforting a child or baby, I knew it was the hand of the Lord or the angels he had uh, taken care of me. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I was driving one day and I got a call from Kevin Cooper. 
Kevin called me. Kevin said, is, is Sally and, and David okay? So I said, I don't know of anything wrong. He says, I went to their house and they're not answering the door. And I'm concerned. <laughs> so I said, you have their phone number? So I said, uh, I said, I'm driving right now. I can give it to you when I get back to the office. So I got, when I got back to the office, I, I looked the number and I gave it to them. And he said, you guys were sitting out in the back uh, just relaxing. But y'all wouldn't answer the door. <laughs> but my, uh, Kevin was concerned about you, Brother DeWitt. He was concerned about your, your condition. And he wanted to assist. And this is the kind of overflowing comfort uh, that God, uh, that Paul is talking about. The comfort that we have. You, you go through something and you know others are going through the same thing. And you want to provide that kind of comfort that God has provided for you. Question number four. Do you find it easy or difficult to extend comfort when others are hurting? Explain. Anybody? You should find it easy once you have experienced comfort yourself mm -hmm. in very difficult situations and conditions in your own personal mm -hmm. life. Yeah, and you should feel sort of like an expert because you've gone through it and you know what it is to go through it and you know how you came through it, and you, you should be able to go to the boy, I know what you're going through. Let me tell you what you can do, because you have experienced it yourself. You know, I had some issues with my car um, recently, and I've been going to Muffler World to get repairs done, and uh, there's one issue that I kept having over and over again, and when I walked into the ladies' boy, you must be an expert now on, 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 on this particular uh, situation. Because uh, every time you come in here, you tell us what the issue is. And we find that that is what the issue is. You know? <laughs> so you must be an expert by now. And that's what it is. When we go through difficulties and comfort, we know we become sort of like an expert. And we can go to someone and tell them, you know, I know what you're going through, but here's what you can do uh, to be able to deal with it. I remember, I remember one of my childhood friends. She passed away. I would say at the early age, she was married, she had th three children, and the second son was my child, and he was a special child. You know, those children would grow when he was about 18, but he's still just like a baby, he could carry him around. And one day, me and my friend, co-worker, because she works, she worked with us as well. And we grew up together, and we went back home. And the husband was there alone. And after we reached there, there my friend, she was doing the most talking, because they worshiped together with the same church. And then she started talking, he broke down, and he started crying. And I started crying myself, but she was a pillar of strength. She didn't share with one tail. But she, after she finished talking, and I mean everything, he was able to, you know, rejoice and we talked, we laughed and all that. So it was a blessing. Praise so the Lord. So really do need someone in time, so mm -hmm. trouble I need. Mm -hmm. Amen. Okay, next we will see how prayer can be a tool God uses to comfort others. Last passage we have, uh, page 145. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 to 11. Last one. Who want to take that one? Um, 
veteran, race, and nation. We were completed overwhelmed beyond our strength so that we even the spirit of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death so that we would not trust in ourselves but in God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a terrible death and he will deliver us. We have put our hope in him that he will deliver us again. Will you join in helping us by your prayers and you and many will give thanks on your behalf if they came to us through the prayers of many. In describing his own experiences in Asia, Paul declared that he had more than there and that almost cost him his life. I love Paul's transparency. He confessed to be completely overwhelmed. Yet Paul knew he couldn't rely on his own ability of, to overcome the hardships and to trust God. Trust comes when you see God as Paul did. Paul remembered God's power, the power that rises the dead. That same power as a work at Paul's situation, the natural byproduct of such faith and trust is both. Paul had unshakable, sure confidence that he will deliver us again. But Paul knew the level of comfort because he has spoke and trusted in God during the time, trying times. He also knew he was being supported by others through prayer. prayer. The apostle gained comfort from those who joined in helping us by your prayers. Knowing others are praying for us is praying for us is comforting in the most difficult times. I, Chad, was in a country in Southeast Asia where a church is under heavy persecution. I was training masters in theology and the ministry in an underground church school. One day I was teaching one of the workers of a school where we were meeting, alerted by that government officials were coming for an inspection. We turned off the lights and while the officials questioned the other owner of the building, we remained quiet, but we prayed. We have never prayed so fervently in my life. They would not hurt me. I am American, but the pastors would come be, could be fined, beaten, and even thrown in jail. I prayed for each of these pastors. After the urgency of the situation had subsided, I heard their stories of beatings, confiscated property, and jail time. The power of prayer has was Power of hell, prayer, was mentioned over and over again. Paul was glorified by the way they suffered for Jesus, and I was deeply challenged to prayer regularly for them. Stepping into the life of these, of those who suffer, is a gift to them, and a reason to thank God. 
many of your thanks and our behalf for the gift that came to us through the prayers of many. Even when we pray for those we don't personally know, like persecuted believers in other parts of the world, we make, it, we make a difference. But it's not about people seeing that we are getting a, a difference. It's about bringing thanks, praise, and glory to the one who makes all the difference. Amen. Thank you. Notice, uh, Paul is providing some insight into the affliction in Asia uh, that, that affected him personally. Notice it says, uh, we were completely overwhelmed. And we all know what it is to be completely overwhelmed, right? When something just take, take over and you just can't concentrate and focus on anything other than what is overwhelming you. Paul's words reflect the meaning of being pressed, heavy, or burdened. And we all can identify with that. Because we've all experienced it at some point in our lives along the way. Notice he says, beyond our strength. Not only was he um, completely overwhelmed, but he says, beyond our strength. It indicates Paul realizes affliction surpasses ability to be able to endure them. Later in 2 Corinthians, Jesus told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Remember that? For my power is perfected in weakness. That's verse 12, chapter 12, verse 9 of 2 Corinthians. We're quite familiar with that, right? So that we even despaired for life itself, he says. Vividly revealed the seriousness of his affliction, many 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 coined that phrase. So that even our, we despaired for our life itself. In other words, the despair was so great that Paul felt that it threatened his, his physical life is what he's saying. The clause, we felt that we were, we, we had received the sentence of death, signifies the seriousness of Paul's suffering. So Paul experienced deliverance and expressed confidence in what God would do in the future. He had confidence that God was, like we often say, able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask, think, or even imagine. And uh, notice, by linking this confidence in God's ability with the prayers of God's people, Paul revealed a significant theological truth. Partnership is essential. Specifically, Paul was referring to the prayer partnership in the gospel. Prayer is so vital. And uh, when, when, uh, when people go through difficulties, it's comforting to hear them say, to hear them say, hear you say to them, I'm praying for you, or I will be praying for you. But it's even more comfortable for you to say, well, let me pray for you right now. That's even more comforting. Because sometimes people say, I'll pray for you just to get rid of the person. All right? Because they cannot seem to identify what the person is going through. And so they say, I'll pray for you, let me go. But I know a brother who was a missionary pilot. And wherever he met you, Wherever you met, and you tell him to pray for you, he said, yeah, let's pray right now. If it's in the middle of the grocery store aisle, he'll just stop right there and pray for you. Doesn't matter who's there, who's looking, whatever. All right, and that, that brother was tragically uh, taken in a, in a mid-air plane crash in, in South Florida. But uh, uh, he was always remembered by that particular thing that he did. Wherever you were, and I remember when we were, uh, when we got the news, we were doing staff devotions at ALC. 
And um, I was leading staff devotions, and someone came in and with tears in their eyes, and they said, Steve Ross just died in a plane crash. And I mean, it was, it was just earth shaking. But I remember him because of that. You know, wherever he met you, and you tell him that you need him to pray for you, he'd stop and pray for you right there on the spot. Uh, and that's comforting, that's encouraging. Uh, because we know sometimes people only say that to get rid of you. Notice question number five. When we have witnessed the power of prayer to help someone who is suffering, when have you witnessed the power of prayer to help someone who is suffering? Anybody? This is I, 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 the fact that Peggy Bryan has not taken her life is the power of prayer and God sustaining her because she deals with such severe pain mm -hmm. unexpectedly any day and at any time. But the comfort that God has given her uh, propels her to carry on with a sweet and uh, accepting spirit and praising God for what she has and for his care over her in whatever she is feeling. So I see his comfort very real in her life and through her life. She shares the comfort overflows from her to others. Amen. And just by hearing that, we now know how we can pray for Peggy, right? Yes. Because we see the we see the note all the time when we hear pray for Sister Peggy. But what Sister Beth said just now encourages now more how much more we need to pray for her. Okay. Uh, Pastor, Thank you. Um, in the life of my wife's first cousin, I'm so happy to see this morning. Um, many times I pray for her in person, and others pray for her in person. And we could see the answer of our prayers, our sincere prayers, in her life. Um, she was at the point of death on so many occasions, and I personally prayed for Jessica. And I'm so pleased to see her. This has been a surprise for my life today, Jessica. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm very surprised. Jessica is our first cousin to my wife. Her mother and my wife, mother, are sisters. Okay. Jessica, I'm so happy to see you today. Okay, it's a small world. Yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, our time is gone. Um, but we have come to the, to the last uh, point in our study today, and that is uh, page 147, uh, Live It Out. But first of all, what is the point again? As God comforts us, we are to comfort others. And remember that. Let's remember that. Whatever comfort we receive from God, we are being selfish if we don't comfort others with it. Okay? That's the whole idea behind uh, that point. Uh, so let's uh, practice. Uh, let's practice. Uh, be mindful to practice what we've discovered in this session on comfort. And uh, maybe never know the impact that... The, their comfort will, our comfort will have on others. Maybe always be mindful of the impact that our comfort will have on others. Let's look at how we're going to live this out now. Page 147. You likely know someone or are aware of a group that is suffering. Let God use you to offer them comfort. Three points. Be present. Allow God to use you to give comfort to someone who is hurting. Simply being present is sometimes the greatest comfort of all. 
And remember, imagine Job's friends at the beginning? That's the kind of presence we're talking about. And then be thankful. Thank, think of someone who provided comfort in the past when you needed it. Thank God for using them and write them a note of thanks for the way they encouraged and supported you. Anyone you could think of. And then finally, be prayerful. Commit to prayer for a missionary, people group, or country. Pray for God's comfort and strength in the face of believers' trials. I'm sure we could think of many that we can pray for who are going through some particular kind of difficulty uh, that they need comfort in. Father, thank you for your tender mercies and comfort in us, to us in our seasons of suffering. Help us as we pay it forward, as it were, and comfort others who are in need around us or those that we are made aware of. Continue to get glory for yourself beyond the lessons of our class this morning as we go forth. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.